leading from a place of wellness. An interview with Simon T. Bailey. In this inspiring interview, we sit down with Simon T. Bailey, author of Ignite the Power of Women, to discuss the importance of leading from a place of wellness. Simon shares his personal experience of missing a crucial moment with his daughter due to emotional unavailability, which sparked a new journey towards prioritizing his own wellness. He answers important questions about leading from a place of wellness, including whether or not he has ever struggled with it himself. Simon has also provided listeners with three actionable steps that they can take immediately to cultivate a wellness-driven life. Don't miss this insightful conversation about the power of prioritizing wellness in your leadership journey. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, and you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Let me introduce our great guest today. Simon Bailey is a Hall of Fame keynote speaker and best-selling author with over 30 years of experience in the hospitality industry. His framework is designed to inspire leaders to lead differently, and he has worked with companies such as T-Mobile, General Mills, and Hilton Hotels. Simon delivers practical strategies and impacts real lives with a message that resonates beyond the stage. He has been featured on Goalcast with 90 million views and his courses on LinkedIn Learning Reach Professionals in over 100 countries. Simon is also a certified Cardatas coach, I hope I said that right, who leads with heart-centered intelligence. And Simon, you can tell me if I said that right. Please help me welcome Simon. <laughs> oh my goodness. I am on the Wellness Driven Life Show. My stock just went up. It just went up. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Thank you for being here, Simon. Thank you for having me. So good to be here. So let's walk our, our audience into getting to know you a little bit more. I gave you some really good highlights, but there's more to it. Tell us what you're about. <laughs> I am flawed beyond belief. I am perfectly imperfect. I am just a human <laughs> being just trying to figure it out one day at a time. <laughs> That's my story. Oh, and you're sticking to it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. And and rightfully so. All of us, right? We're we're going on this journey together, trying to navigate life and all of its ups and downs. And you have done such an incredible job as a writer documenting so much of that process, so much of all of those ups and downs, what's worked, what hasn't worked, being really authentic and vulnerable and sharing so. Well, I don't know how else to be. I think for so long, I had a mask on. I had mm -hmm. a need to be needed. Uh, nobody really got to know the real me. 
because you met my representative before you got to me, right? And I think I have just decided that enough is enough. Let's just like be real and put all the cards on the table. Oh, and how is that working out for you? You know what? I can actually say I feel alive and I feel free because what I've discovered when you find your spark, you find your joy. When you find your joy, you find your voice. When you find your voice, you find your freedom. And it is so liberating to live from the inside out. Oh, that is really cool. I love how you said that. And so, gosh, let's jump right in. Do you have, how did, how did you start doing that? Let's go from the beginning, right? I know that you've talked a little bit about your, your daughter giving you this huge realization. Was that it where you started understanding that you needed to live a little more authentically or were there other points in history? It was that moment when my daughter came into my home office and she said, hey, daddy. I said, hey, baby girl. And she sat down and I said she wanted to talk, but I was just totally emotionally disconnected, right? I was planning for a trip. I had stuff going on. And she said, daddy, I see you're busy. I'll just come back later. And I said, okay. And it hits me on the plane. Oh my goodness, my daughter wanted to talk to me. And I missed that moment. So when I came from back out of town, I said, Madison, you wanted to talk to me the other day. And she said, daddy, it's okay. I said, no, it's not okay. Because if I don't change my behavior, you are going to marry a joker just like me. Mm-hmm. And I realized, April, that I was modeling something for her brother, uh, how to be emotionally unavailable and disconnected. And her mother said to me, Are you ready to take control of your ride to wellness? Rev up with Driven Living. Visit www.drivenliving.com and buckle up for a journey. Get exclusive access to our Wellness Driven Life Show guest portal, where you can dive deep into the minds of our esteemed guests. Sign up for our newsletter and get insider scoops on these distinguished personalities. It's like having a backstage pass to their life-changing wisdom. But that's not all. You'll also receive a free hug. You heard me right, a free hug. An enlightening ebook from the Driven Living team Discover the science-backed benefits of hugging yourself. It's a fill-up for your wellness tank. Because at Driven Living, we believe in fueling your journey to wellness, both physically and psychologically. So what are you waiting for? Visit www.drivenliving.com today. And welcome back, Simon. So glad that you made it back okay. And we left off kind of where you were talking about how you felt with your daughter and you realized on the plane that she was asking to you for you to be present with her and to spend a little time with her. And you had this awareness of, oh my gosh, I'm not living up to that. And what I wanted to say about that was there's, you know, when you have, when we have that self-realization, it's really this beautiful beginning of emotional intelligence and just rising above that to get to another level. Yes, absolutely. And when I came back from my trip, I said to her, Madison, you wanted to talk to me. And she said, Daddy, it's okay. I said, no, it's not okay. Because if I don't change my behavior, 
you're going to marry a joker just like me. And I was modeling yeah. something for her brother, how to be emotionally unavailable. And her mother said to me, you give everybody the best of you, but you give us the rest of you. And I don't want the leftovers anymore. And what I recognized uh, after 25 years of being married, we went through a divorce because unfortunately I had built a house, but lost the home. I was chasing money, but had no meaning. And I was pursuing a status, but really had no satisfaction. So I, in going through the divorce, my divorce attorney suggested that I go to therapy. And nobody, certainly a guy, does not want to go and sit on a sofa and talk to a therapist named Anita that's been practicing for 40 years and has more degrees than a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> but there I found myself. <laughs> and wow. Anita is something that really began the whole journey to me really wanting to be well again and she said whatever you don't deal with will eventually deal with you and Ooh. that was the uh the start of the journey oh yeah whatever you don't deal with will eventually deal with you i like that how you said that and thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing you know being married for so long and then eventually going through a divorce i mean when we go through dramatic shifts like that in life it it forces us to understand ourselves better to understand the situation what is it that's going right what's going wrong and how can we improve so you know um i know so many of us go through the hardest things but if we're choosing to take it as a lesson and turn it into wisdom we shoot up a lot higher so i i like your book i'll highlight the book um see what Ignite the power of women in your life. And I, one of the sections in here, what I thought was really fun, and maybe you want to highlight a little bit was you talked about going through counseling after the divorce and it, it's Anita, correct? Yes. And how she told you or recommended to you strongly to not date for a year after the divorce, right? Because you're not in a good place. It's not a good idea. I strongly encourage you to not do that. And what did you do? You know what? Listen, April, I was a hot mess. I wanted to be booed up again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I jumped on dating apps, uh, much to her disappointment. I went on many dates looking for love and all the wrong faces searching for love in all the wrong places and i was a broken man trying to become whole through a relationship and the reality is that a half a man uh showing up in a relationship meaning a half a woman doesn't make a whole relationship so what i recognized is i needed to do my work and unfortunately there were some uh individuals that i hurt uh as a result of yeah. my uh brokenness and, and I'm, I'm certainly not here to, you know, cry me a river, don't cry for me, Argentina <laughs> type of moment. But uh, there was amazing women that I met. And what I recognized is that for me, if I was going to come to a better place, one of the things that Anita suggested that I do was go back and start with the first woman who ever loved me, which was my mom. Mm -hmm. And she said, there's a lot of research out about fathers and daughters, but there's emerging research 
out about mothers and sons. And she said, you have been mama to death. And uh, <laughs> so, wow. yeah, I ended up calling my mom and <laughs> my mother said to me, uh, this is after one of my therapy appointments. And my mom said, I've been wanting to talk to you for the last 35 years and I've been waiting for this conversation. And it was a real uh, healing moment for both of us, right? Uh, and we're in a such, we're in a much better place uh, as a result of that conversation and ongoing conversations. I think um, when we open up that conversation door to our family members and when we're really coming to a place of of love and empathy, it it does. It, it changes the trajectory on so many levels for them and you. And just having that honest talk, maybe many times, right? But just at least starting a conversation. Yeah. And I think, you know, someone listening to us right now, uh, first of all, I would say if you are not seeing a licensed uh, counselor, I would certainly start there. That is always my recommendation. I am not a therapist. I'm not a licensed counselor, so I'm truly just speaking from my story and my experience. But I would say, number one, start there. I would also say, number two, what do you want for you? Because mm -hmm. what you want wants you. You would never have a desire for something better unless you already had the capacity, the capability, and the competency to actually go after it. And sometimes that means not in the pursuit of just getting something, it's understanding how to be in the moment and put one foot in front of the other. And then probably the third thing that I would add, April, to this conversation is what once you identify what you want, also discover and say, what am I willing to give up to become who I'm really meant to be? Mm. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of power in that. What am I willing to give up? Um, and I think if we talk about that on an energetic level, that when when we release that that's not serving us or that we no longer need, even though it can a lot of those things can be very difficult and challenging to let go of. But yes. it opens up the energy to to so many greater things that we never really thought possible. Yes. Um, so I, I feel like there's going to be people on here that maybe need to hear this because my mind is going in the realm of divorce. There are many, many people who experience divorce and go through it. So because you have, have gone through that and so have I, I want to highlight that just a little bit more. Now you're in an incredible relationship. You've done a lot of uh, falling down, tumbling over, and then getting back up. And so it's definitely a journey and it's not easy when you were fresh out of divorce. You're like, my bed is cold. I need somebody, want somebody here. And so you want to jump into until you have this realization of I need to do that work first and I need to come clear on the things that I really want. And um, I'm just curious, a lot of people will write down or, you know, I would suggest to write down those things that you really want. What does your perfect partner look like? And what, who do you have to be to match that and, and to be with that perfect partner, right? I remember if I can share, uh, Manly and I, we both come from divorce and 
he told me, he, he taught me a lot of patience because he said, April, I want a crock pot relationship, not a microwave relationship. Wow. And, and he, he had me wait. He said, look, I'm doing work on myself. There's things I need to do. And I, I waited for him probably for about nine months. Wow. Yeah. And it was worth the wait. You got booed up, married again, and here you are. It, it was it was so worth the wait. And and speaking of, he brought in a, a little tidbit here. He says, for me as a man, it's often pride. Although I know men don't have the monopoly on pride. Hmm. Yes, yes, very well said. I know for me, Jody, uh, who is my wife, what I recognized in her is there was just a kindness and we're very kind to each other. We both mm -hmm. have been divorced. Uh, so coming into a relationship, we're also a blended family. We have uh, mm -hmm. four children from 21 to 28. We have our first grandchild, uh, Halo, who's uh, 17 months old. So uh -huh. us, it was really coming in to not just what we want, but it was also for me releasing the need to be right. I tend to be a bit of a control freak. I like to control the narrative. I like to always just kind of know what's going on. And I'm that that type A type of guy <laughs> who is, you know, if the flight at the airport is at 5.30 a.m., I'm probably at the airport at 4 a.m., right? I, I'm that guy, right? <laughs> but what I recognized in coming into a new marriage, there were some things that I needed to lean into and I needed to be open for what wanted to emerge in becoming the man that I am today. So I am a better man because of the woman who walks beside me, sometimes in front of me, pulling me forward. And it doesn't, doesn't threaten my masculinity. It's also understanding that a man doesn't become a full man until he understands the woman, womb, man. <laughs> with a womb who has the ability to birth and pull out of him the genius and the brilliance that's in him. But for me, a man cannot know himself by himself. So, you know, here I am, you know, kind of like in my bubble. And when it was time for me to emerge from the cocoon of limitation, I connected with a woman who understood that I really was a butterfly, but I had to go through the process of metamorphosis in order to grow into a whole relationship. Oh, that is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And um, truth, truth telling, right? So I haven't dug entirely into your book. However, now, now I want to see the opposite side, the, the female version of how the male, because really the, the masculine and the feminine, you know, we are designed to, to, you know, yin yang, I was going to say ignite, you, you know, definitely on, on the Simon T. Bailey ignite aspect. And, but we, we complement each other so well, and we have different things to offer and it's just a beautiful thing. So I love how you described that. Can you tell me a few things that you, you do to kind of allow, allow that magic to, for, to take hold? I think for me, first of all, learning how to love myself, you cannot give what you don't have. Mm. And it's difficult to become who you haven't been. So for me, learning to love myself, 
I think uh, the other thing in, in practicing well-being and wellness, uh, I learned something in, in a course that I took in positive psychology. And specifically, Dr. Martin Slegman, who's the father of positive psychology, says at the end of the day, write down what went well. And when he said it, it was like a joy bomb that just went <laughs> off in my head. What went well? Because so many times we focus on what went wrong. And I think for everyone listening to us, what would it be like to implement that micro practice into your daily life? What went well today? Mm, I agree that I agree with you. When I first had that realization, maybe said that way, maybe said differently, but to really reflect on the, the being grateful for what it was throughout the day and seeing the evidence of what you're creating it. And especially when you do it in the evening time before you go to sleep and your body and your mind and your soul are processing everything. It's, it's just a, a boost in that powerhouse of positivity. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three-times-a-week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Yes. Yeah. And it's also, I think, making a decision every single day that before you do, you're going to focus on how to be how to be a better human being, not just a human doing. So being that human being is who, who do I get to be today? Who do I get to be in this moment? Who do I get to be in this, this hour? And, and you exude that every single day. So whenever people step into your quantum field, they pick up on the energy and the vibration of your beingness where you're there in that moment with them. Mm, yes. I, I like to think of it as, like you said, who do you want to be? But like physically walking into, stepping into who you want to be. So yeah. I, I love that you say that. And the energy definitely does rise when you do that. Because I think innately we all want to be greater than. And we always want to strive for being someone better than, than we are right now. Absolutely. And when we do, the world is a better place. It is. So tell me some of the things that you made shifts on to have a better relationship with your daughter. Because I think initially that was that was the first, you know, young lady in your life that you you wanted to change this trajectory with. Yeah. So one of the things that I implemented, I 
took a course in caring science from Dr. Jean Watson, who's a scholar at the University of Colorado at Boulder. And one of the things that she teaches in caring science are the four practices. And the four practices is to forgive, to surrender, uh, human compassionate care, and uh, understanding uh, the power of gratitude. So specifically with Madison, my daughter, I had to experience that second practice of surrender. As a helicopter dad, who sometimes would swoop in to fix something, I needed to let go of wanting to have Madison live life the way I thought she needed to live, uh, live it, you know, as her father. And I had to surrender that everything was going to be okay. So point in case, Madison uh, is in college and she bought tickets with her college roommate to go to the Harry Styles concert, right? So Harry Styles is coming to town and it's a big deal. And she paid $200 for the tickets. And I just happened to be talking to a buddy of mine. He said his daughter wanted to go and the tickets were like $1,000. So, you know, I call Madison. I'm like, okay, who are you going with? Who's driving? You know, because, you know, college students, they can be up to shenanigans. Like yeah. we were all in college at one time. <laughs> and so, so I was just totally controlling the everything. What's going on? And, you know, I'm tracking her. And what I realized, she didn't call me that night after the concert. So I am, I, I barely slept a wink. Mm -hmm. so the next day I sent her a text. Hey, Maddie, just kind of checking in. What I was really saying, are you okay? What time did you get in? Da, 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 da. Well, yeah. she didn't follow me. Dad had a wonderful time, sent me videos of just the experience and she was okay. So what I had to learn how to surrender, I raised the daughter to be a good human being and everything was going to work out. Yeah. Simon, that's some of the most difficult things to do as a parent, isn't it? When we finally have to start letting go and yeah, that surrender piece, it absolutely was the most difficult thing for me to do out of that three parts. So, um, but there's so much beauty that happens when you do that, isn't there? And when we start understanding that they're their own person and they're on their own journey and that they are going to fail because that's life and you cannot escape failure. And, and the lessons learned and the wisdom gained from that is how we grow spiritually, emotionally, mentally, all of that. And so you, you have to let go. I, I fully relate with you on this. I definitely was that probably that I, I don't I don't like to say helicopter mom, but I like to say I think I was and was I've gr I've grown a lot more, but that militaristic parent <laughs> where I just I want my kids to, you know, know all of the things and show up in the best way to be the best person, you know, that the world to in order to serve and do the greatest good, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, it, it's just it's more energy put out to that 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 is probably not the greatest. I think that sometimes we can get into a place where it's not serving anyone and it, it's it's like butting heads, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. The other interesting thing with Madison, I'm also learning to listen and let her finish her entire thought, understand her thinking, uh, releasing the need to interject to your point, here's what I would do. Uh, she didn't ask my opinion. She just asked me. <laughs> She didn't ask me to fix anything. <laughs> Dad, just listen. Yeah. Yes. yes. And, and I'm also, I think probably the third thing is 
learning how to overcome divorce dad guilt. So, you know, I wasn't there, so I got to make up, you know, and sometimes you're writing a check and, you know, sending money via cash app, you know, just because the guilt is still there for what happened. And I think it's just reaching a place to say, okay, something happened and we're not going to try to fill in the blank and, and try to make something up, but we're going to be in the moment and allow uh, each other to grow and to, and to heal yeah. one conversation at a time. Right. You know, start saying, okay, and what's next? Yes. Yes. How do we move forward in the best way for each other? Oh, that's so, so powerful. Well, um, my, my husband has said that women are like the thermometer in a relationship. And so if you ever want to know if the relationship, how it's going, you just you just go to the the woman thermometer. What is your take on that? I totally agree because <laughs> so I was I was watching an interview of uh, of an individual and this person was being interviewed and behind that person was the wife and so the guy is just talking blah 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 and the wife's head is crooked to the side. I was like, mm, something is off. <laughs> She is looking at him like, really, really? Is that the best you've got? Right? So I knew. I knew. I was like, okay, he's want, 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 whatever. She's telling the truth. Just read it on her face. And she didn't have to use any words. Her face said everything. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's just it, right? If we just kind of pay attention to people's body language. Totally. Totally. Yeah. That's why I think the world right now and I'm going to say something that sounds very controversial, but just here in the spirit, I'm about to say it. Uh, we need the yin energy. We we need the, the female energy on the planet right now, because uh, if we had more of it, we would solve a lot of problems. We would solve wars. We would solve the food insecurity. We would deal with so many people who are part of the last lost and least and forgotten. Uh, women would, would so get things done. They would figure it out. And men, sometimes uh, because of our energy, we always want to control and be right. And I just say that broadly. I'm not saying all men. I'm saying some men. And so that's why every community, every society, how do we ensure that we're doing right by women? And I'm not just saying this to, to uh, blow smoke and, or, or anything about women. I, the research bears it out. The research bears it out that when women are in charge, countries, communities, and companies do better. And when I had that epiphany, I'm like, what? Oh my goodness. So I looked at my personal journey and I looked at my professional journey and there was a lot of collateral damage where I didn't get it. I didn't get it professionally. I didn't get it personally. And when I had the epiphany, I was like, oh snap, there it is. We have to ensure that we are doing right by women because they're going to make sure everybody benefits. 
You know, there, it's interesting that you say that because I don't know if it was a segment that I heard from you or somebody else, but you're not the first person who has said that, I don't believe. And there, there are some prominent male leaders historically that have said behind every good man is a very strong woman. And when that relationship is really in tuned, that incredible things happen. Now, it, it is a touchy subject, right? Because me... In my female brain, I'm like, I, I don't want to sway to the extremist level. Like, you know, I don't want to be claimed as a feminist or this or that, because that's not really me. I believe more in a balance. Mm -hmm. And and I think that there's so many healthy aspects of both parties. And it's very interesting that, uh, again, that you say that because part of me is like, well, I have to go to Manly and be like, Hey, I feel this way and I'm, and I'm super emotional over it. And this is how I want to respond. And he's like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Hey there. Let's, let's think about this. Yes. Calm down, you know? And so he oftentimes can be that sounding board for me and truly is my greatest teacher in patience. And, but I've done similar things for him. And so this is, it's an exchange of energy where, you know, we're really able to come to some stronger conclusions on how to show up. Absolutely. I think the dynamic that Jody and I have, and I know this and I tell her this all the time, I know that she is an alpha female. I know it. And she knows that I'm an alpha male, but it's also understanding when it's time to be alpha, when it's time to be beta and yeah. not be threatened by that or or go in the corner and pout or call you know uh, curl up in a ball no it's understanding it's okay if she takes the lead and it's okay if i take the lead we don't lose anything but together we become better and i'm not trying to say that to sound like a cliche but it's recognizing the brilliance in each other yeah. and, and being comfortable enough to honor what each person carries. Yeah, absolutely. So you have this incredible partnership. What are some of the things that you two do to really ignite the power of your relationship to keep the spark going all the time? One of the things that Jody and I do every single day and have done it since we uh, were dating and, and got married is we pray together every single day. Uh, we believe that the couple that prays together stays together. Mm. Uh, so we pray for ourselves. We pray for our children. We pray for both of our moms who, thank goodness, are both alive. We pray for our extended family and we pray for our friends. And starting that day with just a moment of kindness uh, and praying together. And then we kiss each other uh, as we start the day because it's just those little moments. Something could happen to me today. Something could happen to her today. Did I at least have that moment to be tender towards mm -hmm. her? Uh, the second thing that we do is we check in with, with each other throughout the day. So we'll text or call, hey, just thinking about you. I love you, a little heart emoji. Uh, just saying you, uh, I call her boops. So she's my boops, she calls me babe. And, and we'll just, it's that tenderness in our communication. So when we do have the intense conversation, as we will, Jody is Italian. And, and so we will sometimes have those moments of opportunity. 
<laughs> at least, at least the emotional bank account. Thank you, Dr. Stephen Covey, is already mm. filled with with good things, <laughs> so yeah. we can withdraw interest from that account of moments of kindness. And I just cannot iterate kindness enough. And and then probably the third thing that we do is we will do spontaneous things. We'll go out of town. We'll go to dinner. And I'll say, hey, let's go do this. And we're big beach people. I am always working on my tan. That's a bad joke. It was right there. <laughs> Make me jellyfish. Come on. <laughs> but we were big beach people. And it's a spontaneous things that is so powerful. Yeah. So by the time we look for our intimate moments, we have built uh, equity in the relationship because moments create momentum and momentum creates monumental results. So I just don't love Jody. I cherish her and Aww. she cherishes me as a man. And because I know I'm cherished, I know that I'm seen, I'm valued, and I'm celebrated by her. It makes all the difference in the world. It does. And um, I love your your choice of wording. And it's interesting that you bring up, you know, Stephen Covey's book because uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People was a book that Manly and I shared early on in our relationship. I told you that he wanted to work on himself. And so I wanted to work on myself and because I wanted to show up as the woman, you know, in, the, in my best self for him when he was ready. And I asked him during that time, I said, well, what are what are some of your favorite books? What are you reading? So I could learn more about him. What are your favorite things? You know, and he said the seven habits of highly effective people. So that kind of was this interesting point where we we're able to be in alignment with each other and separate at the same time, but going on that journey together. And uh, so he said, yes, invest in the emotional bank account. So love that stuff. Also, I, one thing that I thought was really, really wonderful with the, the third thing that you mentioned that you guys do is that spontaneity aspect. Yes. Yes. And I, I like to ask my guests, what's a, what's a fun thing or a hobby or a bucket list, something unique? And your answer was, my bucket list dream is to take a tour around the world and on the Four Seasons private jet experience. Yes, yes, yes. So the Four Seasons... Uh, Four Seasons Hotel and Resorts, they have a private plane where you can book it all over the world and go and obviously stay in their hotels. And to do that for three weeks would just be the ultimate uh, gift. So uh, yeah. I, I see it in the future. <laughs> no, I think that's so cool. Um, I'm sure you've heard of the book, The Secret. Yes. So they have an app that you you can do. Um trying to think it's a secret money app so okay. you're gifted a check from the universe every day as long as you spend the entirety of the amount so so you're dreaming right and so you start getting bigger and bigger checks and it's really cool because you have to start opening your mind up to more possibilities and the what ifs yes. and start dreaming really, really big. So I point that out that you said that here because 
that's streaming really big. And, and I just love that because I think that when we start expanding our mind mm -hmm. and it, it just, it just keeps going bigger and bigger and bigger. And so like you, I, I thought about the private jet experience, right? So I start looking it up and I'm like, what, what would that look like? What would that cost? And so you start putting that into factor and you're like, okay, I have that. The universe gave that to me. So I'm going to spend it on this. And so now I've experienced a private jet tour. And I love that you said that. So that's very cool. Thank you. Awesome. Love it. <laughs> well, I, I have given the audience here in on the screen where to find some of your information and your website is www.ignitethepowerofwomen.com that's i g n i t e not i g i n i g h t right <laughs> as we typed in before yeah. uh, made me blush so it's i g n i t e t h e p o w e r o f w o m e n dot com. That is also going to be in the description below, along with other links and Simon's social media links. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience today? I would just simply say, no matter where you are, remember that encouragement is oxygen for the soul. So who is just one person? in the spirit of wellness that you can encourage and how do you find a way to hug them with your words? Because when you hug them from, with your words, you literally are breathing life into them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Bringing a couple more comments. Um, this LinkedIn user says, wow, thank you so much. A great show and true. Yes. So, Good stuff today, Simon. Thank you so much for sharing your brilliance with the audience. I can't wait for people to check you out and learn more about you and look at the uh, the books and wisdom. You've written 11 books. Am I correct? Yes. <laughs> absolutely fabulous. So there's so much people that you can get from this brilliant man, this brilliant mind who really wants to see the brilliance of you shine out. So goodbye for now.